Hi, I'm Dave, he's Toby, and you have found the 24th episode of HTWOW. It's the June 2019 episode, and this is a very, very special episode. Do you know why, Toby? I have no idea why, Dave. There's two reasons. One, it is a, uh, a patron episode, which means that uh, one of our dear patrons, Melissa who uh, loves us so much, she gives us so much of her hard-earned money every month. And for that, she not only got a koozie, a shirt, a scarf, but she also got to choose the theme of this episode. So stay tuned and see what magical theme Melissa has chosen for all of us and what tunes that Toby and I have decided to bring to you to fulfill that theme. So that's point one. Point two. You okay? You're doing great. Point two. Point two is that uh, this is the first H2O episode that in some ways is legitimate. That we're not just doing it for us. We're not just doing it for you, the listener. We're doing it for a sponsor. I love this. We have... A sponsor. Can you believe it? Someone cares enough to sponsor this garbage that you're about to listen to. And we would like to welcome Good Friend Package Store. Uh, Good Friend Package Store is our brand new sponsor. They are in uh, kind of Old East Dallas, kind of White Rock. They're uh, 1155 PV Road, right across from the uh, Good Friend Burger Bar. And uh, it's a place where you can get any assortment of craft beer to go. They have an uh, outstanding selection, cold and uh, ready to walk out the door for your drinking pleasure. And while you're there, get yourself a sandwich, get yourself some breakfast. Depending on the time of day, they're open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. And they're sweet, sweet friends of ours. And now they are officially a sponsor of this show. Yes. And we can't believe it. I can't believe it. We're so grateful. We're so happy. They are so cool. And uh, we hope that uh, if you are in Dallas or if you're visiting Dallas, you'll make it a point to go visit Good Friend Package. And we love you. Episode 24 coming up next. We love you. All right. Are you going to kick us off? We're ready. All right. You got a cute? Yeah. <laughs> Don't shrug your shoulders at me. <laughs> well, you know I'm going to have to wipe this off. It's filthy. I know, it it's... is filthy. Sits in the top of the greenhouse tree. 
podcast you want. Look at you with your mouth, water and High tea with a little waiver. June 2019. Episode 24 of HTWOW. If you're counting from the beginning. Hello, my name is Dave. I am also known as Old Waver, at Old Waver on Twitter. And with me, as always, is Toby Pipes, at Toby Pipes on Twitter. Hello, Toby. Hello, Dave. And we are super excited to bring you this momentous episode 24 of HTWOW, because this is a patron theme. What's the theme? Well, what's a patron, first of all? <laughs> what's a patron? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so uh, if you go to oldwaver.com and you click on premium, you can become a patron. And uh, you can get access to the After Dark Super Drunk full-on party podcast. Yeah. Uh, but if you also want to uh, subscribe at a higher level, there is a level. Level? <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're already there. <laughs> I did have a reader or two earlier. Um, there is a level in which you can choose a beer that we drink. Uh-huh. And then if you're like the biggest fan of HTWOW ever, you can choose an episode. And that is what patron Melissa has done for this particular episode. Is that, uh, what do you get if you're, if you're the scarf level? That's the scarf level. She's, oh, okay. She, she has a scarf. Cool. And she got to pick the theme. And she picked synth music. And uh, we, we mentioned this last month, but just to recap, she said, uh, as for a theme, synth music, so love talking about various synth bands. Listen to OMD, Erasure, Ultravox, Visage, Simple Minds, Craftwork, DAF, Human League, Heaven 17, Depeche Mode, and etc. That was kind of her jumping off point for us. And so we began the show with some Devo which I think is appropriate for our little sing-along intro-outro, uh, but maybe not something that we want to linger on. Well, I do love that song, and that whole album is great. That's a, that's which, a big... Which one is that one? It is... I have it right here. It is Freedom of Choice. Oh, that's the one where they've got the signature helmets on. Yeah, and it's... Uh, do you want to see the song titles? Yeah. This is probably I would I might say that's their biggest record, right? Yeah. With, with girl, you want uh, satisfaction on and there free, too. And freedom of choice. No f satisfaction's not on here. Okay, that's all right. I mean, it's a cover. But man, yeah, that I, is a that is so a serious is, record. Are we not men? Is that the one that has satisfaction? Are we not men? Are we a diva? Um, what year is this? No idea. This is 2019. <laughs> Hey, hey, man, bro. Um, it's saying 1980, but you know this was done like 1979. And uh, also throw out a shout out to patron Cody because remember Cody wrote us and told us that he's new to the whole synth pop thing, mm -hmm. and he wanted some recommendations from us. And coincidentally, Melissa chose this theme, so it's kind of like this is for Cody also. Yeah, and we got to say, Melissa threw up a softball to... Right. I mean, a synth episode is... It didn't take a lot. No. And I, you know, I debated going a couple different ways, but I ended up 
Um, I ended up playing the hits, but also kind of subverting it a little bit. So I'm I'm playing my holy trinity of synth pop bands. That's good because we've played a lot already. Yeah, I was going back to make sure I wasn't duplicating st uh, things that we've played before. Uh huh. So, you know, we've played the bands that I'm going to play before, but not these particular songs and and not even these particular albums. So I felt good about it, but I am going to play. Like, uh, somewhat deep cuts, like personal favorites, not necessarily the jam off the record. Yeah, but from popular bands. Right, right. And then you're going to maybe uh, delve a little deeper and do a little bit of a book report for us. A little bit. I'm not going to get too nerdy on the, um, on the whole beginnings of synth music, but I have to play the very beginning. Okay. Right? That makes sense. Sure. Do you, do you know what that would be right off the top of your head? No. No See? idea. So we're going to learn something We're going to learn today, together. Dave. And then I'm just going to play some tunes I like. That sounds perfect. I was going to go into this really full-on all of the bands, the beginnings of synth and all that, and um, I decided... We don't have enough time. There might be an... Uh, there, we'll play some After Dark... Um, selections that it, it won't matter that it's kind of the same thing happening for eight <laughs> minutes. <laughs> we don't we don't have that much time sure we do we got it well i've I, I, the last couple i've had to compress because they're too long did you split the last one up i didn't split it i just compressed it oh you found a new way well i i i mean don't tell anyone but i compressed it to 256 instead of 320 k bps <laughs> Does that make a difference? I don't know. It's unintelligible to the naked ear, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, um... Okay, before we get to my first tune and re really kick this off in style, have some uh, fantastic news. I guess we haven't recorded the thing at the upfront. We'll do, yeah, we'll be drunk and do that later, but yeah. you might as well give, give it a, a plug while we uh, are making a bit of sense. Right. I mean, so I'll probably have already, in the universe in which you're listening to this... Man, we're going to be real dumb by the end of this In week. In the universe in which you are listening to this, mm -hmm. I have already mentioned this at the beginning of the pod, but I haven't in real time recorded that yet, so this is the first time I'm actually saying it. Why? But you're chopping with your hand like Celine Dion sings. <laughs> I'm I'm being very emphatic. It's like uh -huh. I'm public speaking and I'm at a podium. Yeah. Uh, HT Wow, Dave and Toby, your your little podcast that could. Man, we really are, we're doing it. We have our first real big boy sponsor. Wow. Um, yes, we are proud to welcome. Our good friends at Good Friend Package. I see. See what I did there? Yeah. Are you going to do that at the beginning? Because that's gold. I, it sh I should. Um, and and we're kind of keeping it in the fam. Yeah. So, we all go way back. Yeah. So um, if you don't, if you're not familiar with Good Friend Package, uh, you may be familiar with Good Friend Beer Garden and uh, Burger Lounge. I don't know what they call it, but it's over there in the kind of the Casa Linda White Rock area. And they've been there forever. And a good friend of ours, Matt Tobin, is one of the owners. He and Josh. And they used to own Vickery. Yeah. Vickery Park back in the day on Henderson. And 
I was talking to him last night. We we're trying to figure out when we first knew each other. And he was talking about how he first knew you from trees. Because oh, he, used, yeah. he used to manage trees when DBS would play trees. Then yeah. he later managed Gypsy Tea Room. Exactly. And then, then went on into the restaurant business. And, you know, I think I knew of him mm -hmm. at trees because he was always the intimidating guy that would kick people out. But he's a good friend of our friend Manny. Of course. And Manny, when they opened Vickery, Manny was a staple at Vickery. And I think I just started going to Vickery with Manny. And so I think that's where I met mm. him for real. Yeah, over the years, we've given them so much money yes. that now they're just giving yeah, it there's, back. There's no telling how much I've spent <laughs> at uh, their various establishments. but Think of how much money Manny and Craig. Uh, oh, God. Just the Kept two them of them. Kept them afloat. Not that they needed to be kept afloat, no. but golly, those two. I ran into a pole in the Vickery parking lot one night. With your car or with your body? Uh, with the car, but I, I didn't run into it. It was one of those, and it was by inches. You, you remember the big yeah. uh, telephone pole that was in the middle of the uh -huh. parking lot? That it's still there. At night, you couldn't, couldn't see. see. Yeah. I'm backing out, and completely, it just took my mirror and scraped one whole left side of my car. Off, you know how it is. Yeah, it happens. Uh, it was one of those where you wake up the next morning and go, "Did I? What? What exactly happened to my car?" I did the same thing at Metro Diner. I almost took their sign off. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Anyway, that's fun. Yes. So, uh, good friend package is right across the road from good friend, uh, the restaurant, and good friend package is. Uh, they describe it as a craft-centric retail beer store with uh, brews from all over the, the country, all around the globe. And they also have incredible sandwiches. Brews! They have brews and sandwiches. And so Matt thought it would be a uh, kind of a natural fit if Good Friend Package would provide us with the beers that we drink. He emailed me out of the blue and said, it really hurts my feelings that you're buying your beers at Specs. <laughs> He's like, come on, bro. <laughs> and so uh, met with him the other night and we went over to Good Friend Package and he helped me pick some beers for this episode. And so the first one uh, is one that Matt says is one of his personal favorites. It's from North Coast Brewing Company and it is entitled Old Rasputin Russian Imperial Stout. So a, a Russian Imperial that's that's like Velvet Hammer. Yeah, I mean it. Boy, it's good. Yeah, it's a it's a nine percenter. The North Coast is out of uh, Fort Bragg, California, and uh, you know it's got like the uh, it's got kind of the old uh, uh, stenciled picture of Rasputin, <laughs> where he's like giving the sign of the cross or whatever. Is that what he's doing? I don't know. Do you remember the electronic record with Rasputin on the cover? Uh-uh. Did you see the uh, post about Bernard and... Um, oh, yeah, in Athens. He joined them for uh, Get the Message. Yeah, Johnny Marr. Johnny Marr. Yeah, reunited. Is it Bernard? Bernard. 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 Uh, yeah, so um, just a couple more thoughts on uh, our good friends at Good Friend Package. Um, the address is uh, 1155 PV Road. So it's like PV and uh, Gaston, right? Yeah, it's over there before you get to the uh, Home Depot when you 
past the lake. Right. And they, they open early for breakfast at 7. They close at 8. Uh, awesome sandwiches. Great selection of beer. Uh, you can find them on Facebook or just Google Good Friend Package and it'll send you to their Facebook page. And look at this. What? Look. What? One, oh one for me, one for you. Look at this. See, you saved that as a surprise for on for live on the air. Yeah. Wow. I got you a, a smedium. Look at that. Man, that's great. See, I got the I got the good friend package shirt. Yeah, I got the beer garden one. This yeah. is good. Man, isn't it Check it. Look at that. And I I gave them uh, a good bit of uh, HTWOW merch. Cool. Man, we're so, all merchy uh, you know, and stuff. So we, we can uh, scratch each other's back. You know? Man, look at that. It's beautiful. Oh man, that is going to form fit. So yes, go to Good Friend and tell them that you, uh, you're you a friend of HTWOW and they'll look at you like, what are you talking about? And then just say, I'd like to speak to the manager and then Matt will know exactly what you're talking about. How happy are you that the sponsor is cool. <laughs> it's great. I mean, he just, he is, God. you know, Matt is, uh, he says he's a, uh, a connoisseur of podcasts, that that's pretty much all he listens to because he kind of gave up on music. I get it. And so when he's walking, when he's doing chores, whatever, he's listening to podcasts. And he said that uh, when he discovered ours, he went back and he listened to every single minute. Oh, no. So he, okay, so he knows. He knows it, everything. Okay, good. Yeah, I was. was he knows about what to he's get getting nervous, into. Like, does he realize no, how he's dumb not, this is? He's not going to be disappointed because he knows exactly how stupid we are. Okay, good. So then we're all good. Yeah, we are all good. So thank you, good friend. And uh, what do you think of uh, old Rasputin? It's good. It tastes. You know, when you pour it in the glass, it's exactly what you think. I mean, I know it's one of those. This, it's one of those motor oil beers that you can't. It's impossibly black. You yeah, can't but, even see through but it. But look where I am here. Damn, it's like you're slamming it. It's very tasty. Super tasty. Yeah, it's got kind of like that nutty, malty flavor, but not so much where you feel like you have to chew it. No, no. I am not forcing my way through this at all. It's this super is good. good. Super good. We're going to... I mean, we had a couple of drinks before this. Well, you did. Well, I did, because you were making deals. Meeting? You were... Can you believe I have meetings? <laughs> in your sh in your wind shorts. <laughs> I know it wasn't really a meeting. Well, like it's a real meeting. In the middle of a meeting, I rode a scooter around the office. <laughs> right. It was awesome. Yeah, you just told all these old f's what they're doing wrong, and then just scoot out. <laughs> I got to do a podcast. See you later. Anyway, social media. Check you later. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So thank you to good friend and. Again, thank you, Melissa, for uh, being such a uh, wonderful supporter and sponsor and patron and uh, choosing this episode. So let's get it started in a proper way. As I said, I'm going just with the wheelhouse. You're going wheelhouse. And so I'm doing, as I mentioned, my holy trinity of synth bands. And as it turns out, I was looking up when this stuff came out. I ended up picking uh, two things from 1989 and one thing from 1988. Well, did you... I, I noticed what you're playing here first. Did you do this on purpose because of today? Well, I, I didn't, but I was going to bring that up. So I the first thing I'm going to play is Depeche Mode, 
and not just any Depeche Mode, but Depeche Mode live from the 101 concert, which we've mentioned before on the pod. Good evening, Pasadena! Man, if we could if we could do a uh, an Alamo Drafthouse screening of 101 someday, oh, we, then would we would so then great. we would know we really made it. You know, I saw it in a theater. Did you really? Yeah, they they did it like a, well, I think we've talked about this on a pod that they um they did a tour of the movie and everyone lined up like a concert outside. It was awesome. It was just weird Depeche Mode fans somewhere in like in um, I want to say in Spring, Texas. They had like a one showing and it was like a concert. Like people cheered and right. Like when they showed the Houston sign when they're cruising uh-huh. in, like a, I think they showed a I forty five shot or one of the things going into downtown, and everyone stood up. And was like, right, that's, that's awesome. Us. It was so good. Yes. Yeah, so uh, one hundred and one is the live album uh, that uh, basically it, it leads up to and includes the uh, June. 1988 show at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena that on, on was this the, day. Yeah, it was the final show of that tour. And yes, on the day that we're recording the pod, mm-hmm. it happened uh the actual concert happened on this day in 1988. And this concert was um in between Music for the Masses, which was huge. Music for the Masses came out in 87, 101 came out in 89, and then Violator came out in 90. So this is in the apex the, of the Depeche Mode. The movie kind of shows them growing on yeah. the road. Like their crowd, the venues at the beginning, all the way to the Rose Bowl at the end, It they pick it up. It gets bigger and bigger the whole way. Do you have the lineup of the Pasadena show? No. We'll look that up in a minute because it might tie into something I'm playing later. Okay. Today. Okay. It just might. Um, so I have a a 12 inch of uh, the song that I'm going to play as my first entry into this uh, synth based podcast. It is a classic Depeche Mode jam. Everything counts. It's a showstopper. That I think really gained even more life through this show because well, it was it was always kind of a, you know a, a a show closer or an encore but then the way they captured it it's in perfect. the 101 film and the the recording of it it's just epic yeah it's and we so should good. get into 101 after this of how it invented it invented reality TV yes so let's we'll uh, talk about that later let's all get our lighters out <laughs> And uh, just hold someone close. Pretend that it's June of 1988. I want And you're to standing share. on the floor of the Rose Bowl. A cool Pacific breeze blowing through your hair. Share Dave Gahan the rest of my life. wrestles the, the mic away from Martin Gore. <laughs> and this is what you hear on HTWOW.
Is that, is that goosebumps? It's goosebumps. Damn. Man, I always tell people if you um if you've never seen Depeche Mode, you yeah, have it's no not, idea. It's not what you expect. It's not what you would ever imagine. It's 
boy they have it down and that's when they were boy that is peak my favorite part of the entire movie is right at the beginning you know they do the double sheet we stole the sheet thing from Dash Mode um, mainly so people couldn't see us putting our, our own gear on stage right but we used to do the pull the sheet at the beginning because we stole it from them but you know at the uh, when behind the wheel is about you know they kick off dum 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 right and uh, David Gahan kind of looks at Martin Gore like can you that we're about to do this at the Rose Bowl? Like, they genuinely are freaked out that they're about to do this in front of this many people in America. It's pretty cool. The whole movie is, um, I really recommend it. Like I said, if uh, anyone from Alamo Drafthouse is listening, surely let's, Corby let's can set that up. Let's Doesn't do he a own screening. that place? I feel no. like he owns it. Or, him, or Dan owns it? Yeah, I think Bad Radio is <laughs> the one that has the inroads there. <laughs> Well, let's do it. Man, that'd be great. Everyone be so just dress fun. up. Everyone has their dress up super... <laughs> Your leather chaps. Yeah, Depeche Modi. And let's go see 101. That'd be great. Oh, man. And uh, yes, uh, it was Alan Wilder, former member of Depeche Mode, that uh, is credited with coming up with the title of the album because it was the 101st performance of the Music for the Masses tour. Is that what I thought it was? The highway. Well, it's also the highway. Oh, okay. But it, it was it, coincidentally, it was also the hundred and first and final performance of the music for the masses. Man, tour. and once again, let's get Alan Wilder back. Can we do that? Yeah. Jeez. Why, why can't we make that call? Can you hear his backups in that? Boy, he so is. Good. That's when they're. You know, but I would say they, that in the all, next. It's all drum machines at that point. They that no live drummer. You don't need the drummer. That's why it sounds so clean and awesome. So perfect. Um, even though their last show was good, man. Yeah, and it's speaking of Depeche Mode not being what you expect, remember the last time that Depeche Mode uh, played in Dallas on the uh, uh, Where's the Revolution Tour or whatever? What, uh -huh. what was the last record? We've, I, we, I forget we've, what it was called. We had a whole thing. Yeah, we, we played a song from it uh, on one of the very early pods, but uh, that was the first time that uh, future HTWOW guest Mike Reiner saw Depeche Mode. Was it really? And he loved it. Yeah. And, and he said that he would put Dave Gahan in like his top 10 all-time frontmen. There's no doubt about it. That, right? Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, there's no question, but just to hear that validated by someone yeah, he knows. As, as informed and as, uh, you know, steeped in music history as Mike Reiner, it's it's legit. Boy, his uh, his return music is, uh, it's lit right now. Is it? Boy, he is. Well, he's, he, we, he's on he, fire. He got, uh, he got tipped off. I, I tweeted the HTWOW uh spotify playlist uh-huh in response you know there was i i i got into like a twitter fight with some idiot <laughs> he was like hey, you know it's not as bad as some of that gay music you try and get people to listen to whatever i don't know what it was wow and so i tweeted back i was like you mean like this gay music and i had a link to the htwow spotify playlist mm -hmm. And I guess that was the first time that that Rhines became uh, aware that that existed. Yeah. And so he 
dove into it and he said, uh, you'll be hearing these on returns. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. See, man, he knows. He knows. He knows. Yes, and we are, especially now that we have a, a viable sponsor, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, we, and we're up to 30 patrons. And we're going to have a place to do uh, remotes. Yeah, we can do remotes at Good Friend. And, uh, uh, you know, our, our buddy Taylor is working connections. We will, we'll, we will be on the road soon. Golly. But we are, uh, we're going to buy equipment and we are going to book guests and things are things are happening. We're gonna have our own one on one movie. <laughs> yes. Shot on our iPhones. <laughs> All right. Are you done talking about one on one? Do you want to uh, move on to, to your history lesson? Um well it sort of is, but uh, yeah, let's move on. Let's do it. Do you, do we need to talk about the after dark or not really? We'll we'll talk about that. We, we can talk about that in a little bit. Well, I mean I guess we can talk about it now because I was gonna play like I mentioned before, just a bunch of weird early synth stuff, and then that's not a great idea. But I have to play the beginnings of synth, and um, I would say the first time people really were listening or heard synth music might have been at the start of like a Doctor Who broadcast, uh-huh. or you late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, there's the late late sixties. Have you ever heard of Wendy uh, Wendy Carlos? No. Um, she, and I paused there for a second for something for you later, Dave. Okay. Um, had a thing, had an album called, uh, Switched on Bach, I think. Oh, that sounds familiar. In like 68. It ended up selling a million. It was, there's only like, I want to say like two or three classical records that ever sold, like, that went platinum. And this is one, and it was all done on the Moog or Moog synthesizer. People say it two different ways, so. Right. Which do you like? I always said Moog. Okay. Because my, my dad, he may have had that record. I'm sure. Because my my dad had a huge record collection, but his musical consciousness started with like big band music uh-huh. and then ended with like Lawrence Welk and Roger Whittaker. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, but he did have um, some... Moog or Moog uh, albums, you know, there, there, it was a thing in the '70s to do cover albums yeah. of of popular songs, but all done by computers. Well, this person started it. Is it getting weirder that I keep saying this person? <laughs> this person started. Would you like to hear a little bit of it? It'll remind you of something. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me turn down the other this thing, and I'll just hold the phone up. But you get that, right? But you also yeah, get why not, I didn't want to play that. Yeah, don't play that. No, I'm not playing it, but this, okay. is what, this is the beginning of So this became people, you know, they, they figured out what these synthesizers are. Does that remind you of anything else? Um, I mean, we've already played Kraftwerk. Well, this person went on to do where a lot of people found out about these synthesizers, Clockwork Orange. Do you ever seen Clockwork Orange? Yeah. You know how it has all that synth, but classical music in uh-huh. the back, but it's super weird. Right. This she did this. 
He, but she. The, but the cool thing about this is, is Wendy was born Walter. When did the change occur? In 1979, this public figure that won a bunch of Grammys and all this stuff was the one of the first gender uh, transformation public figure people that didn't care and just so, did it. So when... Uh, so Walter became Wendy. When a, when a fifth of Beethoven or whatever that was, <laughs> when that came out and then Clockwork Orange came out, All Walter, still Walter. Which made... Because when I'm looking this up, I was like, Wendy, that doesn't... I don't remember the Clockwork Orange dude being a girl. But then later on... Right. But doesn't that make sense? It's kind of like the Matrix dudes. Th- doesn't it make sense with synth music that... Sure. Of course. Especially in that era. Yeah. It was like the weirdest of the weird people were into synths and computers. Yeah. So he became she. Isn't that awesome? The first person to ever go platinum with a Moog synthesizer thing had a gender transformation. It's awesome. I think it's great. But do you want to hear the first pop song that is one of, it is the most legendary and has been covered a million times. So this is your first real entry into this podcast. This is it. So you're not, I'm going to play the full thing, and the reason why I'm going to play it is because it totally holds up. You're going to freak out. What year? Uh, 19, right after this record. This was done... Uh, the Walter Carlos, Wendy Carlos, <laughs> was done in 1968, I think. This is 1969. And it is a song called Popcorn... Okay. You've heard that covered before, right? I'm sure I have. Uh, by a guy named Gershon Kingsley. Can you look Gershon Kingsley up? Um, and this is, and, and I'm going to show you this video after this is done, and you can tweet it out because then people will actually see it. But it is on Top of the Pops in 1969, this song. And people are trying to dance to it, and they don't know what to do. But by the end of it, they really get a hold of what they're supposed to be doing, and it looks weird. So this is uh, the music duo of Perry and Kingsley? Yeah, but it's mainly him. Okay. Okay, do you want to... I think... I want to say Perry had stuff to do... Um, well, I don't know. But anyway, it, mo- it mainly comes up as Gershon Kingsley. Do you want to hear it? Yes. And see if this will... Uh, see, people like Jeff K and stuff will know exactly... They'll be like, oh yeah, this is the beginning of... This is the very first pop synth song. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Oh, yeah.
cool, right? Yeah. I mean, it's way ahead of its time. And then, by the way, Gershon Kingsley was born Goltz Gustav Kaczynski in uh, October of 1922. Is he from uh, Bochum? He's from uh, Germany. Yeah. Bochum. Yeah, we went through there on our last little uh, stint. But isn't that cool? It really holds up, I think. That's no MIDI stuff, so they're having to play along to his programmed um, Moog thing with the tambos and the whole deal. And it's, um, you know, it's been covered a lot. Right. It was immediately recognizable. And I said that I guarantee, I mean, my dad's vinyl collection is long gone, but I guarantee my dad had at least two copies of that on vinyl somewhere. Isn't that cool? That must have been blowing people's minds. Uh, yeah, it was the future. Yeah. So bands like Craftwork. Uh, I-, I was going to play a band called Noi. Have you ever right. heard of Noi? N-E-U exclamation mark. Yeah. Uh, exclamation mark. When Craftwork first started, they were kind of uh, long hair, like a hippie band. and uh, But they would just play long jams but make their instruments as weird as they possibly could but they weren't they had like a few keyboards and stuff but they synthesizers weren't going on yet and the two guys from Noi were in Kraftwerk okay and so there's an argument of Noi puts out their first record that I think is just called Noi 1 Mm -hmm. because you know how they are Um, and it's you know, I was going to play the... I'll play maybe some After Dark, Noi. And then there's a band called Can. Yeah. Who's really good. And um, around that time, there was also a thing called Butter or Hot Butter that covered uh, popcorn. Yeah, so I'm looking at the covers. Uh, Hot Butter, as you mentioned. Jean-Michael Jarre. Aphex Twin. Herp Alpert and the Tijuana Brass, mm-hmm. uh, Muse, and the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was going to play some Jean-Michel Jarre. Do you remember what his big deal was, what he did in uh, Houston? Uh-uh. He used the downtown as his uh, backdrop for his show. Do you not remember that? No. It was It was in the... It must have been like 87. And uh, he's a huge uh, synthesizer guy. And he used the buildings downtown as his backdrop and had them all lit up in different colors and had a full-on synthesizer concert in downtown Houston and used the entire uh, city as the uh, backdrop. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? By the way, the first Perry and Kingsley uh, mainstream electronic music album was the In Sound from Way Out in 1966. Yeah. And this uh, popcorn came off of music to Moog by. <laughs> Is that what it's called? I guarantee my dad had that. Didn't, think, the, didn't the Beastie Boys have the in sound from the way out? I don't know. Didn't they use that, repurpose that title? Maybe. But yeah. Yes, I'll, yes. 1969, music to Moog by. Yeah, and popcorn, I think, was the hit off that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so it, it was followed up by Shabbat for today. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, they had uh, a lot of his hits were uh, for uh, religious. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Moog hits at the beginning were all for religious parties. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought that that was a good way to kick off the scent thing. I'll I'll send you this. There's a top of the pops. Um, and uh, here I'll play the beginning of that too. Do you want to hear it? Sure. I'll, I'll hold this up to the mic as well, but it's a it's a really cool intro the way they started off. Let me turn down the music again. <laughs> and it's titled "The World's First Electronic Pop Song." You'll love this. This is top of the pops. Again to top of the pop. This is 1969. But can you see the people <laughs> dancing? Yeah, they, they, they don't know which beat to go with. <laughs> but as it goes along, you can. I'll send this to you. They get into it after a while because they figure it out. Uh huh. She's got it. Yeah. But it's like the weirdest looking rave ever. Isn't that awesome? God, some of those girls are babes. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll send that with you so, so you can uh, tweet that out. But that's yeah, pretty cool. That's super good. Um, but that's the end of the history lesson. Uh, go, to go on from there, of course, there's Noi, Can, everything that we're saying. But then Kraftwerk hits it big with Audubon. Right. And then... Um, uh, we mentioned this the other podcast remember the Giorgio Moroder yeah he was the disco king he was the producer of Donna Summer yeah well there was the whole disco stuff but the first they want to they call it the first electronic like um I guess dance club hit that wasn't necessarily just disco was Donna Summer the uh I feel love uh-huh. I feel love, I feel love. right you know that one when you listen to that we might play that in after dark but it is full-on uh, total techno. It invented the whole thing. It was the first one. Right. That they're playing at disco places, and it's not disco. And then Gary Newman starts. And then I was going to... Of course, you got to play Gary Newman, but we've done that. So I'll move on after that. We're going, we're going to the late 70s, around the Devo time after this. Okay. So I'm skipping about eight years, but we've already played Kraftwerk and Gary Newman. Right. Yes. So go back and find those on oldwaver.com. Yeah. Uh, So before we get to my next one, we're going to fast forward back to 1989. (laughs) We're all over the place. But we do need to uh, talk about the the patron program. And uh, again, this is Melissa's theme. And so if you want to uh, make us play the kind of music that you want to hear, you can become a, a scarf-level patron and get some sweet merch. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think, what would um, you refuse to play? Like, what type of music? I don't know. Folk? 
Because I'll play country. I don't care. I, I, I guess. I mean, I would make it work. Whatever they wanted us to play, I would play. I would figure out something that would be least offensive to me. I don't know if I could play folk music. No. That might be the only one. Yeah. But if you are interested in becoming a patron and having access to the After Dark podcast, then uh, go to oldwaver.com and click on premium or go to patreon.com and search HTWOW and you can hear fabulous stuff like this. (laughs) I always like the stepping out to, you know, the stepping out tonight song. I don't remember. Stepping out into the night. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That is a good one. That is a good one. It's a really good one. (laughs) And then there's the, are you going out with him? Yeah, I didn't like that one. Okay, I understand. Uh, For some reason, I... You know, uh, I I think I had uh, on my Chipmunk Punk album. (laughs) Okay. Where the chipmunks sang... "Quote unquote punk songs." I think they sang that. Are you really going out with him? You're kidding me. Pretty sure. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we oh. we have lots of we have lots of drunk fun on we, the after dark. We like to sing, Dave. We do like to sing. It is uh, it's it's more music and less talking. And I have a whole bag of vinyl, and you have a whole room of vinyl. That we're going to somehow pare down to ten songs to play on the After Dark later tonight, and it'll all be all be synth jams. So we're very excited to bring that to you. And before we get to my next jam, I also want to put out a plea to anyone in the range of our voices, <laughs> even if you're just like a passive listener, that you're you're not like. You didn't choose to listen to this, but for some reason, it's on in the background, and you're hearing this. Okay. I'm just saying anyone, whether you are our biggest fan or you are completely indifferent, I just want you to know that this month, June 2019, is both my and Toby's birthday month. It's birthday month. Birthday month, guys. Could we have had a better theme for our birthday month? It's the perfect birthday party for us. But what I want to say is is if you uh, want to give us a birthday present, just tell a friend about HTWOW. That's all we need you to do. But, uh, you know, just if you want to get us something nice for our birthdays. Yeah, spread the word. I got you a good friend t-shirt for your birthday. I love it. I hope that you can shrink that medium down. Good. Man, fit it, into it. it. It looks right. You know what I like? Boy, they they went for the good material on the shirts. Right. This isn't some cheap or no, one of those like, it's not a, like a like a husky tee. Yeah. <laughs> or a beefy tee. Or what's worse is when they go the other way with it. You know where they're so it's thick. Like threadbare. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're the beefy tee is the the one that is like it's like a chamois that you wax your car with. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes then, those are okay. But then you can also go the other way and get like the. The Hanes V-neck, yeah. like that. It's so thin that you wash it two times and it disintegrates. <laughs> yeah, that's a good look. All right, so it's my turn for track number two of my synth retrospective. Okay. I began with uh, a choice cut off of Depeche Mode's "101," 
And so, as I said, I, I'm... It's my holy trinity of synth-pop. And when you say synth to me, it means synth-pop. I know that synth is more than just synth-pop. Yeah, because they can get weird with it, but I mean, that's not what we're... I mean, I, I, I want to play stuff that makes me happy and that hopefully will make the listener happy. Makes you want to dance a little and bit. And so, the next place that I want to go from Depeche Mode is... Of course, New Order. Yeah. I mean, you're just I, going... I mean, I think... You're going in order here. I mean, it, it's, it's Depeche it, Mode. It's New hard order. to say who is the greater synth-pop band. I mean, Depeche Mode is more consistently synth-pop. New Order has gone through many iterations. I and would, they, they went away and came back. And there's there's also the live situation. There's only two bands that tie that will be okay uh, playing after the other. The Cure, the, and which isn't a synth band, but The Cure and Depeche Mode would be okay depending on whether you would put them in a bill. Right. But New Order would not want to play after Depeche Mode. No. Yes. If you if you want to bring live into the equation yes Depeche Mode is far superior to New Order but if you're just talking about recorded catalog I don't know man I might side with New Order well Blue Monday might be the it's the best selling 12 inch of all time and the one they lost the most money <laughs> right because they had to make a die cut <laughs> floppy disk but I'm not playing I am not playing you're not playing Blue Monday. Blue Monday. I'm not playing anything you, off of Power Corruption Lies or Low Life. You're not playing Shell Shock because we uh, already played yeah, that. Yeah, we played that on the After Dark. No, I am playing. I mean, I don't know how you feel, but and it, and it's part of just the process of growing up mm -hmm. and the the sonic memories that you have. Sure. I love that. Sonic Memories. That should be... Is that our is keyboard that his, band name? Is that her name? We're Sonic Memories. Hello, Dallas. We're Sonic Hello, Memories. Dallas. And we have to whisper because only three people are there. Shh. And one of them's asleep. But uh, my favorite New Order record is Technique. I love Technique. I mean, I love... Don't get me wrong. I love Low Life and I love Power, Corruption, and Lies. I love them all. But Technique from 1989, because I wore that cassette out in my Hyundai Excel, yeah. is the jam. And so I wanted to play... What color was your Hyundai? Silver. Yeah, it was. Um, I would like to play track three on side two. Okay. Track three, side two. Let me see here. Oh, Dave. Are you ready for this? I, I see what you're doing here. I totally see what you're doing. Um, all right, are you going to kick us off? We're ready. All right, you got a cue? Yeah. <laughs> Just don't shrug your shoulders at me. <laughs> well, you know I'm going to have to wipe this off. It's filthy. I know, it it's is gonna, filthy. And they it don't is. need to listen to this, so, so of course I have it cued. It's going to sound perfect, it's, and then I'll stop this, and then I'll actually do it. It's a... Uh, it's a half price books special that I evidently bought in 2008. Oh, sweet. 
Uh, so it's not like I've had this since 1989. But uh, when you that's another when you say 2008, it's like it's it may as well be it means nothing. Yeah, to it me. may as well be 1989. Yes, we are going to listen to a deep cut, but a great cut, and probably my favorite New Order song. Is this your favorite? It's top five. Okay. It's top five. Good. It is called Vanishing Point on HTWOW.
you like that, bro? You picked a good one, Dave. I mean, boy, what year was that again? 89. Man, I remember, I remember jamming that one, bro. Yep. You nailed it. You nailed it. Chief. Yeah, so that was the one they uh, they recorded a, a good bit of it in Ibiza. <laughs> Could you imagine? So they were just like going out to clubs and partying and doing acid all night and then going to the studio and recording. And then they finished it up at, uh, oh God, where was it? Oh, uh, then they shifted to uh, Peter Gabriel's Real World Studios. Oh, yeah, in Bath. Yes. So that's where they finished up the record. Boy, if you're going to... Man, let's let's name two places you want to record. Bath and Ibiza? Yeah, they really... Uh... They're kind of hitting their stride in 89, though, aren't they? Yeah. I mean... I don't know. That... Like I said, that just place and time technique was maybe the the album that I listened to more than anything at that time of my life. Really? And I remember I thought it was real funny whenever the, the lyric of, uh, I've seen all the hate of a woman too. I would always, <laughs> I would always... <laughs> look into my girlfriend's eyes in the passenger seat and sing that part. Wow. So you, that was already going on then. Yeah. You kind of have a history, Dave. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I know how to pick them. You certainly do. Not now, of course. No, not now. No, I'm no, saying. No, I've learned from my mistakes. Things have gotten better, but I'm just saying, uh, in the past, you, uh, you know, let's leave that where it is. Sure. Hey, uh, before we get to your next tune, <laughs> do you have anything else to say about New Order or no, uh, they're pretty technique? Good. They no. are pretty good, and aren't they? We already they? S- said the cool thing about uh, Bernard and Johnny Marr playing their tune in Athens. How cool is that, that they're both so at the great. same festival? Yeah, that the Johnny Marr is playing before New Order, and so Bernard... Just shows up and uh, jumps on stage. Wait, that has nothing to do with your... Uh, New Order has nothing to do with your Paris trip. Johnny no. Marr does in The jo- Cure. Johnny and The Cure, yeah, but not New Golly, Order. Golly, what would they do together? You know, I, people don't give uh, Robert Smith enough credit as a guitar jam. Right. I'd like to see those two kind of... Well, and Reeves Gabriel is a badass in his own right. Yeah, I'd like to see all of them kind of give... You know, let's give that. Yeah, you know let's what? Just, let's just Instead throw them on of stage. Robert, just... go out with Johnny. Johnny needs to come up during the Cure set, and let's let's do a Boys Don't Cry jam off. Sure, right? That sounds great. I'm just throwing that out there. If they're listening, they listen to yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Johnny listens to the Noisy Neighbors pod. Yeah, if the Noisy and, Neighbors and we're guy, we're friends with the Noisy Neighbors guys. So they need to tell him. Yes. Yeah, so Noisy Neighbors guys, tell Johnny Marr. That he needs to get with Robert Smith and join him on stage for Boys Don't Cry and murder at, it. at the Rock and Scene gig in Paris in August. And w- and if that does happen, you can tell the people that won't be listening around your little circle that you did this. It'll be the proudest moment of my life. That'll be great. All right, before we get to your next jam, we need to do uh, just a a smidge of viewer mail. I- I'm into that. 
So, uh, if you would like to communicate with the pod, <laughs> if you have great ideas for how we can become wildly successful, or if you want to sponsor us, or if you just want to tell us how great we are, I mean, whatever. It, it's up to you. We need a boat sponsor. <laughs> yes, if, if you can get us boat to boat, uh, then please write us at htwowpod at gmail.com. This is from Alex Baker. He says, Salutations, HTWOW. I'd like to start this message by saying thank you for all the great content you've provide, provided so far. Excuse me. It's been a real trip for a guy like me in their mid to late 20s to discover some of the favorite tunes of young Toby and little Davey. Uh, even some of the newer recommendations have been pretty stellar. I especially want to thank y'all for introducing me to Steve Mason through that new album from one of the more recent pods. Remember we played the, the Stephen Street produced Steve Mason record? That's great. Uh that's cool. Yeah, he says, My uncle is a huge music aficionado, and I was thrilled to recommend him something that he hadn't heard yet that I figured he would really dig. It was a pretty good feeling to feel like a music buff for suggesting it to him, and thanks to H2L. Hope you don't mind. I passed it off as my own discovery. Sweet. Yeah. Anytime so, do that. Yeah. So his uncle digs uh, Steve Mason, who was uh, the beta band guy, if you remember. Uh, Pat's on the back aside. I wanted to pick your brains about your favorite instrumentals. Do you listen to them often? Do you have to be in a certain mood for an instrumental? Do you have any recommendations? I know there are some classics like Jessica, Frankenstein, and YYZ, but I didn't know if you had any favorites from the mid-80s and on to suggest. Mm. Uh, he mentions like Aerodynamic by Daft Punk, uh, Elysia by New Order. Uh, anyway, thanks again for the entertainment, and I look forward to the synth episode. So thank you, Alex. And, um, do you have, I, I mean, I have instrument, I mean, there's plenty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, I was trying to think about it. Uh, I mean, certainly like, uh, something that I may play later, 808 state is oh, man. great instrumentals. Uh, and he mentions Daft Punk. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's on an album that we might get to here in a minute. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm, there was a time in the nineties during like the dark period Mm -hmm. Like post grunge, yeah. Where you know, I started to just because I didn't know where to go, I didn't know where to focus my attention. I did get into you know, like uh, like drum and bass and like kind of a more atmospheric mm -hmm. instrumental type stuff. But honestly. It's not a mood that I find myself in very often. I don't know. I don't know about you. No, I like them. Um, there was a. Uh, there's an instrumental on "Louder Than Bombs," right? Oscillate wildly. Yeah, is that a fully instrumental? Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I know a lot of people bypass that one, but I kind of like, like that. I like that one. Um, but this uh, noise song that I'm gonna play later, boy. On the after dark. Yeah. You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. I like the instrumental because, especially in early synth music, because at the beginning you're like, is this going to last forever? And then after a while, it does something to your brain. Right. That you really start getting into it. Like, there's there's a, a couple of things that I've listened to in just the, like, the last six months. There's a band called Hammock. Mm-hmm. And it's all... 
instrumental. It's kind of like it's guitar based in in that it's kind of like explosions in, in the sky, but it's right. it's even more drony and more background noise than that. Even do you like the Tycho stuff? I don't know the Tycho stuff. Okay, I'm not. I don't know a lot about it. I mean, uh, our buddy Count is the producer for all the Tycho stuff. Okay. Um, and then the other the other one that I was going to mention that I've listened to recently is uh, Have you ever heard of Calm Trues? No, I don't know what that is. It's uh, he's he was kind of uh, one of the pioneers of the chill wave thing. Mm-hmm. But he just put out I don't know third or fourth record, and um, like if you like uh, the the music from Stranger Things, you know that band mm-hmm. Survive from yeah. Austin. Yeah. Like Calm Trues is is basically the forefather of that type of music and so it's very cinematic you know kind of like you were talking about uh clockwork orange or like halloween yeah you know like the the john carpenter stuff you know kind of that kind of eerie synthy stuff what's the name of the one on speak and spell the instrumental yeah uh it's on speak and spell right uh it's good but you know back then if they didn't think of words for something in a synth band, they would just play the jam. <laughs> yeah, we just uh, no disco. No, no disco's got words. I don't know. Look at look at the uh, the song titles because I don't remember. Is it Big Muff? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Big Muff. Is it Big Muff? I think so. I think it's Big Muff. It doesn't matter. But anyway, I like an instrumental. You know, we used to do that every now and then. You know why we would have an instrumental in in the deep blue? So somebody could go take a dump. No, it was the it, we, it would be the first song that you play, so you could get the sound right. Oh right. So you play an instrumental first. Yeah. Is that Big Muff? Yeah. Here, let me turn this down. I want to jam it. Sometimes you don't need words. A lot of Todd and I's first uh, bands were just this. This is all we did. No words ever. And we play a sample every now and then like, work hard. Stay in school. Um, the, uh, you know, I mentioned the Can band before. Uh-huh. I might play them later because... I feel like they were a heavy influence on the Cabaret Voltaire. That would throw a... Uh, they'll throw an instrumental on you. But um, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Okay, uh, we have three songs left. We need to get to the next beer. We also need to hear stories of Deep Blue Something in Europe. And we need to hear stories of the Pipes fam in Key West. Good God, this podcast is going to last four hours. So where do you want to go next? Let's uh, let's stop right here and go get the other beer. All right. Right. Let's, yes. It'll seem like a second. Right. We are. We'll be back in three, two, two. one. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like we were never gone. It's magic. Oh, I got some brew on the 
pop screen. What are you drinking there, Dave? Uh, so this is uh, selection number two from Good Friend Package. I had narrowed it down to three, and then Matt helped us pick this one. Mm-hmm. So he understands the deal. What's that, the deal? That the first beer is a high ABV to make sure that we're good and hammered. And then the second beer, which used to be Toby's beer, but now is whatever beer I bring, mm-hmm. courtesy of Good Friend Package, now it's is, is more easy drinking. Good. And so we are going with the Martin House Pills. Now, we've done a Martin House before. I think we did... Uh, Oh gosh, maybe like they're one of their sours or something. Uh, while the, back, the can looked familiar. Yeah, so Martin House is of course out of Fort Worth, and uh, this is a four point two. Oh, and it says it's the ultimate premium lager beer. I like the people on the cover. Yeah, it's like a, a hot chick hiking. What else? What else do you really need in life? It's got nice muscular legs. Well, some some Daisy Dukes, little backpack. Took a turn to creeping pretty quickly. <laughs> I'm just describing it. Do you do you want me to describe it further? It's a good move. Uh huh. I mean, you know, she's got a little pixie nose and a, a little bob haircut, and can't really see what kind of rack she has because her hands are in the way. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is it is, it super is quite refreshing. refreshing it really is I'm putting it in my Yeti now that I'm done reading it and ogling the yeah did the you label. like that is that a serious koozie or what I love it I got that for you Dave appreciate ya alright so we are uh, on to beer two and we have three tunes left and we still have many Toby stories to go. Well, what do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about something? Let's not save every. Let's go ahead. Okay. Well, why don't you uh, just top line? Because we, we talked a little bit about the quick uh, DBS England tour. Yeah. And there's no. Re- I mean, people don't want to hear a ton about any of this, but right, it so, is the reason why the After Dark was delayed yes the may after dark was delayed into june because deep blue something went back across the pond to do a set of dates in germany czech republic where in holland and holland and um because if we need to practice if deep blue needs a practice may as well practice in europe we like to do it overseas <laughs> so that was that was practice for uh Taste of Addison, or no? Or, we're just getting Wildflower the Addison. Addison was a practice. We're just getting the machine back up and going, Dave. Right? It, you can't. You don't just flip a switch. So how many how many cities did you do, and what which one was your favorite? We did. We played uh, four four shows, and one of the towns we had a really nice um, in Bochum, where what's his name was born, Gershon. Right. We had a really nice meet and greet with the uh, old, uh, the DBS fan club from Europe from like 1996. Like they had all the old pictures. Like you had met them before. 
oh, we know we know them now because of online stuff. But right. back then, it was just letters and stuff that we would get in the mail. But they all became really good friends uh, back then just from being in the fan club. And they're all still friends now. Isn't that That's awesome? That's great. So they all met at the hotel in Bochum in the bar. And we all just had a, like a three, four hour long meet i want it's it wasn't a meet we called it a meet and greet but instead it was just a it was hang, just a hang. yeah we all hung out and now they have like children and stuff so we met like their kids and that's awesome and it was great but they all are now uh really good friends because of deep blue and i thought that was a cool thing you bring people together we bring people together i mean through, you know through, that. i mean through the band through the pod whatever you just have that that gift I do have that gift. It's, it's really quite astounding. But it was super fun. And uh, Holland, I always love Holland. And Germany is the best. But um, we never um, had a chance to play Prague back years ago. Right. This was our first Prague show. And uh, it was um, lit, as the kids say. Yeah. It was awesome. It was... Uh, in this place called um, Prague Rock Cafe, which is this old uh, rock club from the 50s, I want to say. It's been there forever. Like, everyone has played there. And it's in this, uh, the venue part is in this basement, and it looks, it's so cool. And everyone was hot and sweaty, and they all took off their shoes and partied. And they left their clogs at the door. Yeah, they. Well, this is. Do they do clogs? And oh, I was thinking it was Holland. No, was Holland. Everyone, everything was clean and perfect. <laughs> Golly, Holland's so great, isn't it? Great. I've never been. You've never been no, to Holland, uh-uh. Dave. You would love it. I'm sure I would. You would be the biggest person. <laughs> yeah, like if I get on a bike, it would be like I was riding a trike at Toys R Us. Boy, they are so serious about their biking. It is... I think someone took a picture of a, a loaded bike rack, rack and they were like, sold out show! <laughs> yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Um, It's awesome. And they are the most beautiful people. I love it. The Dutch people are the most beautiful? Well, there's, you know, uh, there's the Netherlands... And then there's Denmark and there's Sweden. And boy, there's a battle right there. I might give it to Denmark. Really? Of the most beautiful people, but it is a fine line. I mean, you can totally... When you watch the Women's World Cup, uh-huh. you'll see the Sweden game. Yeah, I'm looking forward there's to USA-Sweden. No, when they show this, they all look exactly the same. It's like some weird experiment. They are amazing looking. It's what all Hit- of them. That's what Hitler was after. It's weird. But anyway, we had a great time. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> we had a really good time, and uh, I can't wait to get back. You know, like, uh, when you finish a tour, you do something, and there wasn't a lot of dates or anything. Right. But you're always exhausted, and you're like, oh, I need a break. I can't. Uh, I could have easily have missed that flight and hung out for a long sure. time. Sure. Well, at, at some point, uh, we will pack up the pod gear, and I'll I'll sell DBS merch, and we'll do a, a pod from Europe. Should we do an Amsterdam pod? Sure. Or like Lake Como? I don't care. Just take me away. 
Take me away, Toby. Let's do it. Man, that'd be so cool. I sure do love it. And you need to get to Holland, man. What are you I doing? Do. That I is, do. Boy, you got to do that, Chief. Uh, but that should be the end of the DB. We had a sure. good time. And, um, you know, the machine is now up and running. And we now, is, is we it, now have managed... We now have management. We now have booking company. It took about four months to get everything, to get the snowball going, and it's going. All right, so uh, people can look forward to more than a smattering of Deep Blue shows. No, I I would say from August on, it will be a um, more of a uh, revolving door of shows. Like Like a pulsating, throbbing... Yeah. Orgasmic explosion of shows. You always... It's that turn. It's the Dave turn. <laughs> it's not even a left turn. It's like a... It's like a... It's like you popped a wheelie and you're just doing a, a full-on unicycle uh-huh. uh, 360, which is sweet. I love it. But um, we'll get to uh, Key West in a minute. You've been to Key West. Yes. And I and I have my report and you have your report on Key West and I bet they're going to be slightly the same. Okay. Well, we can get to that later, but let's get to selection number 2 from Toby. You brought us popcorn from Gershon Kingsley. Uh-huh. The uh the groundbreaking the electronic first electronic hit from 1968-69. Yeah, and so we're ba- we're bypassing Noi. Yeah, so we're, we're, bypassing we're fast forwarding Kraftwerk. ten years, right? We're bypassing Donna Summer, we're um, going right, around, well, little. It's around the same time as Gary Newman, and this goes into your one hundred and one. We're playing Thomas Dolby, because who was on the Thomas Dolby or who was on the Depeche Mode one hundred and one show? Oh, was he one of the openers? Wire, Thomas Dolby, and OMD. That's a pretty cool lineup. Jesus. That's right. I right? had I had no so this was not necessarily a standard No, they bumped music, it up. It wasn't a standard music for the masses show. It was like kind of a festival bill. Yeah, cuz I want to say OMD were on most of the dates. When I saw them during the music for the mat that tour when they were filming 101 at uh, Southern Star Amphitheater in Houston. Uh, it was OMD. Because Front 242 uh, passed like, it. What, what, what would you give right now? To be at the Pasadena show? Yes. To, oh, to, to go back and see Thomas Dolby, Wire, OMD, and Depeche Mode at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Man, I would just, love just to, to see just how to drop, Wire went just, over. Yeah, just to drop in for like... Eight hours. I wonder what the order was. Do you go Thomas Dolby after OMD? No. OMD was... If they were on the tour throughout, I'm sure they were the They go right before? Yeah. Okay. I would love to see how Wire went over. You think that I'm sure there was no one paying attention to Wire. (laughs) But I would be front row. Uh, I mean, um, seriously, I, I would... I mean, take my my left leg at the knee. You'd go left. Do you yeah, go left, g- left? Yeah, because I mean, I take my free kicks with my right leg. <laughs> yeah, but you, okay, I see what you're saying. You'd go. 
pirate on the left leg. So yeah, you sure. Still I mean, plant because, and then because kick. yeah, because proth- prosthetics, prosthetics have come a long way. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, so you you'd give if, leg instead you, of going full Kindle. Yeah, you go I, leg instead of Peter. I still, I still need to masturbate. Nah. I would definitely cut off my left leg to go back in time to back. 1988 at the Rose Bowl. Mm, Remember that song? So you would cut off your nuts? Yeah. I'd do that tomorrow anyway, just for the hell of it. What do I need? Dave, they're just in the way. I forget that you're asexual. Mm-hmm. I'm like uh, Carlos Walter Wendy. <laughs> what, what is your transition well, name? Well, I guess she wasn't asexual. She just decided she wanted to be woman. Right. I don't. I don't want to be woman. They seem seems like a lot it's of too work. Too much. Yeah. I mean, you already get mistaken for a woman. Well, not so much since you got your hair cut. No, it's it happened every single plane trip. Excuse me, ma'am. Would you like some headphones? Yeah. And I'm looking right at them. I'm like, what? <laughs> it happened both uh, DBS flights there and back. Ma'am, would you like some Chardonnay? Ma'am, what would you like to drink? Well, I'd like a... That's great. They didn't. They don't change or anything. Yeah. I did get a sorry sir once. And I was like, don't make it... <laughs> Don't make it weird. Don't make it worse. Let's just stick with the woman thing. Um, but I like synth music, so... <laughs> so you're kind of half right. It's kind of my thing. All right, so, but, so 1979. Picked, so um, I think before, the reason why I mentioned the Depeche Mode lineup, Thomas Dolby, right? Right. Um, and it's hard. The Golden Age of Wireless, this record... This is a front to cover. All record. the way. This All is the way. I can't uh, to pick the song from this. What can you do? But when me and my uh, producer nerd friends uh, have drinks and late at night play a tune from this, there's three we pick, and this is one of them. This is maybe the beginning one. Except if you're playing from a record, you play the Pirate Twins one first because it's song one on side two. But this is 1979-1980, and this this is is one of the best records that is... I mean, this is the around this time, some of... I think Golden Age of Wireless, some of them don't have She Blinded Me With Science on there. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought She Blinded Me With Science was on the next one. Um, there, are, there. I think that there are some uh, versions of it that I want to say it's on this one. Hold on. Yeah, she blinded me with science. Is on this one. Is on. Is the first song. Is it really? Yeah, but I think that there are some. Okay, gr- so the the flat Earth was after this, right? Yeah, but I think that there are some versions of this record that don't have she blinded me with science. Okay. I could be wrong about all this, Dave, but I'm not. Once again, it doesn't I am matter. not Martha Quinn. Don't fat check us. Just listen. Just listen. To, and I'm not playing She Blinded Me with Science. No. I'm playing Wind Power. It goes just like this on HT. Wow. 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 
So, uh, looking at the wiki, so it originally came out in 82, and then the She Blinded Me With Science EP came out afterwards, 
and then it was re-released with She Blinded Me With Science. Right. So it says that uh, the album was actually released five different times. So they would change the order of the songs. They would change which songs were included. So there was a different version of Radio Silence on some of them. There was an extended remix of She Blinded, with, she Blinded Me With Science on some of them. But the original one... So you're saying your copy does not have She Blinded Me With Science on it? No, that one does. This does. one's like... Okay. Uh, this one even says uh, it's an EMI release from 83. Okay. But most of the recordings on this are like from 81. Do you remember... It's all uh, Tim Freeze Green, by the way. Right? Of course it is. Do you remember a... Uh, I believe it was a, a South by Southwest many years ago. Yeah. When... We were seeing some band or other on like 4th Street at some bar. And then afterwards, there was a big tent set up on 4th Street. And we realized that Thomas Dolby was about to play a set. And we watched Ye Thomas Dolby with like 10 other people. Now, were you with me? Yes. Do you remember what happened during the set? No. See, I thought that I was by myself during this. But because I went in to the tent right i think that y'all might have still been inside at that remember there was like some irish like bodies yeah, yeah next to it yeah or fados yeah Fidoz. and so while i was standing there when no one was in there thomas dolby walked right past me and i was like was that thomas Dolby?" you know because he looks slightly different he's older but still i was like i think that's thomas dolby and then the place fills up and then i think y'all came later on but remember the pa went out right and he had this screen that would show his hands. Do you remember that whole deal? Vaguely. Like it would show um, him playing all the parts. So you could see that this isn't... Like a, overhead. It's not tracks. It's, yeah, this he's isn't tracks. Stuff. He's doing loops and doing it. So the PA goes out. And then he... It took so long to get it back up and running. His You could still hear through his monitors his microphone. And he decided, I'm going to tell everyone how I'm doing this. Do you not remember any no. of this? Y'all might have just left. Yeah, I do, I remember it happening. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, well, he goes through, this is how I'm doing this, and w walks his way through one of the songs exactly how, with the screen showing his hands, how he works each song out. And there was only like 15 of us left watching this. And he was like, well, if y'all are sticking around, this is how I do it. It was awesome. Uh, and then I think when they got it back up and running, he played only like three or four songs and was like, well, but you know how South by Southwest right. is. They never, but yeah, Thomas Dolby showed us how he did his, uh, setup, but it was cool that they, he wanted everyone to see his hands cause he was doing this loop thing at the beginning of the songs to, uh, and triggering it on a computer to show how he's recording and then he'd mess up and then erase it and then do the next part again it was cool pretty cool he is a professor at a university right now he's a genius i mean I, who if you grew up in that time i mean who doesn't remember the she blinded me of science video it, it is definitely one of the biggest songs of all time right i, I mean it, it is one of the it's an mtv moment no yeah I, yeah i i would say from the 
the beginning of MTV to, I don't know, at least the mid 80s, let's say 80 to 85. Yeah. It was a top 10, maybe top five MTV video. It was constant. And it was a great video. It cost a lot of money to do that video, I'm guessing. But back then, it sold a lot of records. Right. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, they, they made five different <laughs> versions of the album trying to get the sequence and the track list right. Well, they also wanted, She Blinded Me With Science, they wanted everyone to go back and listen to Golden Age of Wireless so you would hear all the awesome, I mean, it made me do it. Right? Right. And this record, boy. But it, how about you? Did you have this record? Um, I mean, I think I maybe had the EP, like Would, the, the She Blinded Me With Science EP when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, but Did you I know any really, of the, do you know that you're, the, um... I never listened to anything other than that one song. Okay. We'll be the pirate twins again. No, oh, I song. wasn't that cool. Man. Well, I came along to it later, too. It wasn't, right. uh, it wasn't, um... You know, She Blinded Me of Science was a big deal, and I knew, like, two other songs, like this one, and Airwaves, and... But the rest of the record came along later when we would nerd out to vinyl later on in life. And that's a good thing. It holds up. It does. It sounds great. Yeah. Okay, let's play my next song, um, and then uh, we can tell stories of Key West. But... Um, this is completing my triumvirate, my holy trinity of synth-pop bands. Okay. It's a fancy record. I have played Depeche Mode. I have played New Order. I mean, do I have to say who it is? Yeah. Well, I mean, people want to know. It's Pet Shop Boys. I've heard of them. Is, are you playing West End Girls? No, I'm not playing West End Girls. Down, 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 down. I am playing. Hold on. Suburbia? No. God, I love that song. I know you do. So I am playing um, side two, track three, off of the highly, highly underrated album Introspective. Are you playing Always on My Mind? No. I know. You know what? I don't know. I know this record. I don't know if I've ever seen that cover. You don't know. I mean, it's it's like the rainbow cover. I they know, were, but that were, came were, along a lot later. They were rainbow before rainbow was cool. I know. Did, was that really the album cover? Yes, that was so always before, the album cover. Um, before they took the rainbow, uh, they were they already had the rainbow. They already had the rainbow. Did they invent it? I don't know. This came <laughs> this came out in '88. Um, actually, was their their second that came out in '87. And then uh, before that was, uh, well, we've mentioned the compilation Disco, but their debut in 86 was Please. So it was Please, then Actually, then Introspective, and then in 1990 was Behavior. So for me, this kind of, again, is the, the apex you know, we, we talk about the apex of Depeche Mode. Right. The, the apex of New Order. This is the apex of Pet Shop Boys, in my opinion. Is this 33 or 45? Um, I don't know. 
Well, they only have three songs aside, and it's freaking uh, me out. No, I think it's 33. Okay. Yeah, so uh, on side one, you have Left to My Own Devices, and all of these are like extended dance mixes, so everybody sit back and relax. <laughs> Okay, so that's why it's 30. Yeah, because this, uh, this is a jam. Uh, but on side one, you have Left to My Own Devices and Domino Dancing. Those were the hits off side one. Oh, God, Domino Dancing is great. On side two... Do you hear how far away I am from... The Listen to this, Dave. He's so casual. Uh, on side two, you have the, uh, the cover of Always On My Mind that uh, we've... Have we played that before? I don't we referenced think we played it before. It, but man, it sure is a good it's one. It's so good. Uh, you know, obviously it wasn't a Willie didn't write it, but Willie made it famous. But uh, the Pet Shop Boys do an impeccable cover. Uh, Who wrote that? Willie didn't write that. Um, Mark James, Johnny Christopher, and Wayne Carson Thompson. Mm, great trio. I have no idea. They were. They later became Triumph. <laughs> that's right. Is that not right. I don't even know if that's. I don't even know if what I said was right. But I am going to play the album closer, the disco anthem. It's all right. This song. <laughs> as soon as you think it's over. It's not over. It just keeps going and keeps building. Okay. And, you know, I, I always like to save my guilty pleasure for track three of mm -hmm. my uh, my tunes. So I'm doing the same. This is uh, my guilty pleasure. And my pleasure. I, I hope everyone still has their leather chaps that they had out for the Depeche Mode song. Yeah. Just put them back on. I want somebody Turn on the to disco share. light. Maybe uh, do a couple lines and then uh, let's get down. Let's get down. Are you ready? Yeah. We're about to disco party to the break of dawn with Pet Shop Boys. Samp. It's all right on HTY.
<laughs> yeah! It's a hard we, jam. We just listened to nine minutes of Pet Shop Boys. Did the guy from Bronski B come in at the end? Is that who that is? I don't think so. Uh, it is a cover, by the way. Um, but the voice at the end, it's got to be him. Um... They don't have who the BGV is on the background there? Sounds just like him. Don't see any, um... Contributors listed. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, but it was a uh, originally written and performed by a Chicago house band or performer that went by the name of Sterling Void. Mmm, Sterling. And it came to the attention of Pet Shop Boys on a, uh, like a DJ compilation. Uh. And then they decided to redo it. And it, you know. I thought you were going to say on a, it came to their attention on a gay K. <laughs> Did I invent a new thing? A gay K? Instead of a stay K. Uh-huh. Anyway, how did you how did you enjoy that mega mix from Pet Shop Boys? I loved it. I have I uh I remember that a little bit, but I have not I don't think I've heard that have since. Have you ever heard the full length album version? You know, I don't know if I've ever made it all the way through that one. But it sure is. Uh, I good. love that song, and I'm. I. I mean, I apologize if you don't like it. I'm sorry. Why would you not like it? It's good. It's a club jam. I mean, it does go on forever. Everyone loves things that go. Uh, it's gonna be alright. It, all everyone right. loves that. Alright. How could you all not? Right. How could you not love that? It makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. It makes you feel like everything's gonna be all right. That's what they're. That's what they're saying. I mean, if you look at the subtext, <laughs> they're telling you it's gonna be all right. It's complicated. I mean, they're, they You have to read between the lines, but what they're <laughs> saying, <laughs> what they're really saying is, <laughs> at least, is what I think. Oh, yeah. I I mean it's all it's only our best guess. Yeah, because do, we haven't interviewed Neil Tennant. I to wouldn't be understand. brave enough to do like a dissertation on it. Right. But I would say that they're telling you it's gonna I think it's gonna be it's all right. It's gonna be alright. Okay, you know where things are always alright? Where? Key West. If you like pina colada and getting caught in my face. Bam, bam, bam. If you like doing stuff when I do. So this is the last bit of content before Toby's last song. Mm-hmm. Toby, pretty much life of leisure. You know, I've been... Play, play some gigs in Europe, then go with the fam to Key West. I needed a vacation from my vacation. <laughs> Um, you've been to Key West. Yes, I, um, I, it had been like uh, like eighteen months or so, but my uh, lovely girlfriend and I, Fiancois, uh, took copious notes when we went, and so we shared we shared those with you before you went. And so, how did it go? I. And I love the notes. Um, One of the places the was closed, for, right? Yeah, but it doesn't. It didn't matter. We couldn't hit. 
even right. all the things that you guys listed. Um, but the main thing is, was it was Pace's birthday wish was to take a plane flight. She hasn't been on a plane. Ever? Never. Wow. Because we didn't do that as a when she was a child. Mm-hmm. I don't mind driving, so I would just drive. You know what I mean? Right. So did you do the, the fly to Miami and then take the puddle jumper to Key West from no. Miami? Or no, did you drive? No, we flew to Atlanta and then flew to Key West. Oh, I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, that's what we did. And she was a pro. Like, there was nothing to it. She didn't care at all about any of it. Um, but she loved uh, the whole process of the airport uh, shops and the being on the plane. No worries at right. all. She loved Key West because, boy, there are a lot of... It's New Orleans. Um, you know, it's the combination of Galveston, New Orleans, which is... Uh, and they have sort of a connection. Galveston and New Orleans. There's this... You know... It's colonial, coastal... Old town... Uh, little French. Stuff. Yeah. And um, Key West... They have a lot of great restaurants, and and the water's great, and the hotel was great. Um, The only problem, which is what you guys said, you don't just walk from the beach into the water in Key West. Do you notice that? Uh Uh-uh. Well, we we really didn't spend any time on the beach because there's only one beach in Key West. Well, there's a couple, but... Still, when you go out into the water, it's there are giant boulder rocks. You don't just wade out into the water. Okay. But that's why they made so much money years ago because ships would come and shipwreck and they would fix their boats and that's how they everyone got rich there. Ah. Uh. Because you couldn't see because of the you could see the water's pretty clear. But you can't see how deep it is. And they oh, sorry, wreck. we forgot to tell you about that rock yeah. over there. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll fix your boat. We'll though. fix your boat, and so well, and they they would also salvage shipwrecks. Right. So they took all their stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it's finders keepers. Exactly. Um, but it's cool. I can see it's it's a very you know why there's a lot of writers in New Orleans. Right. I can see why Hemingway and. Yeah, did you go to the to the Hemingway house? We were outside of the house. We never made it. They shut that thing down at like five o'clock. Yeah. So we it's, didn't. It's well worth it though. It was hot, uh, but Pace wanted to go see the six toe the cats. Yes. And uh, but we never made it. Um, do you but know we why? Do you know why there are so many six toed cats there? Well, that's his thing, right? He loved the six toed cat. Right, but do you know why there were six toed cats to begin with in Key West? No. We learned this on the tour. Did you? Yeah. So in the uh, Hemingway house, in the back, there's a replica, like a smaller version of the Hemingway house that all the cats live in. Uh-huh. And, you know, I can't remember how many they said they have now. There's like 27 that live on the campus. Mm-hmm. They just kind of come and go as they please. Sure. They're, you know, they're pretty... Uh, feral cats. All of Key West seems pretty cool with animals uh, doing whatever they want. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's on the cusp of nature. It really is. Um, but the reason that six-toed cats were so prevalent is because the crews on the ships thought that six-toed cats were better at catching mice because they had the extra toe. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So it's they, dumb, so they would. I get it. Right, it's dumb, but you know, people were dumb back then. Sure. 
So they would they would breed six-toed cats, they would prize six-toed cats, and then they would escape off the boats, and then Hemingway would adopt them and let them live on his property. I get it. He loved the six-toed cat. They were they were with him in even Cuba, weren't they? Yeah. I think that it's. Uh, I think Key West is awesome. Um, but you know, if you're gonna, if you want more of the beachy thing, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say that's the spot. No, it's it's. I mean, it's cool for. It's cool for fishing and sailing and mm-hmm. sightseeing and drinking. Yeah. It, but not so much for laying out on the beach. It is a party town. Uh, and I really enjoy it. If anyone ever said, hey, let's meet in Key West, I would go immediately. It's awesome. But I'm not going to go back with the fam right away. Sure. So We can uh, do other things now. Of the things that were on the list that you did do... What was mm-hmm. your favorite? The Blue Heaven place was a, was amazing. Yeah. That was really good. Um, what else? You know, there were a lot of random spots. You know what was really cool? Um, and Joanna loved it was, and I'm not going to remember the name right now. The um, It was right by the Sunset place. It was like the Cuban restaurant. It's like right there. Like at the end of where all the roads meet into the old town, you you was on your list. Yeah, I don't remember. Whatever it was, that restaurant was great. Uh, you know, when you're with kid, uh, kids make you do things you wouldn't normally do. So sure. I ended Did up you fly a kite. I ended up on a jet ski around the entire <laughs> island. Nice. And uh, boy, Pace was totally cool with that flying around the. Joanna got lost on the tour. Was uh, was Pace on your jet ski or, or <laughs> mom's? She's on mine. We, if somebody's gonna get lost at sea, <laughs> she got lost. Joe they had to go herself. back and find. She ended up uh, following a different tour group at some point, <laughs> and they had to go back and get her. Um, but they found her, and oh, look right there, Blue Heaven. See the sticker? Oh yeah. Um, Did you have the key lime pie at Blue Heaven? It was great. Um, a lot of meringue, yeah, on the top. They they whip it up stiff. They whip it up. Uh, I I liked the main. Sh- I liked how it's party time. There are a lot of burnouts. Oh God, in Key yes, West, and a lot of uh, and and there are a lot of queens. Did you? Oh man, it is the drag shows. Yeah, Key West is, but I like that. You know, that's sure. kind of a New Orleans. That I, yeah. I kind of like all that stuff. But um, Pace mentioned at one point, she went, a lot of people are cigaretting. And I was like, they certainly are. And you can see it all over their face. Did you guys rent bikes? No, we uh, rented a golf cart. It's better. And I wheelied that all over the place. It was great. I love a golf cart. Do you like a golf cart? Uh, Golf carts are awesome. Man, I love a golf cart. Gas-powered, electric. We went electric because the gas-powered ones were making too much noise. Yeah, I hear that. But it's cheap, though. It might scare the six-toed cats. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know, uh, you don't know ahead of time about the um, how huge the rooster is there. Did, do you know what I'm talking about? Right. There are chickens and roosters everywhere, which uh-huh. I hear made their way there from Cuba from hurricanes. Okay. But they eat all the mosquitoes, so they are they love the roosters. And they love the, uh, I don't know if this was around where you were, but where we were, 
uh, there are iguanas everywhere. Like you yeah, have to watch out for stepping on. We were on the north side. Oh, and okay. you were on the south side. Yeah. So we, we had kind of different experiences. Yeah, the iguanas But were I, I can't everywhere. wait to go back. I, I It's one of those places that I didn't know what to expect when I got there, and I ended up loving it more than I ever thought I would. It's really cool. Boy, it'd be great for just a party. Yeah. For a good New Orleans. For Orle- a grown-up party. Like a grown-up New Orleans time party. Yeah. We should maybe do that next. Sure, we should. If you're not getting some up and roosters and iguana. All right, so you have one tune left. I have one tune left, and I decided to go. You know, this is guilty pleasure time. Sure. And um, the reason why I picked this song is because uh, around 2000, 2001-ish, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we where I'm hating anything, music, anything. Right. You you had just unplugged. Yeah. I uh, end up in a thrift shop in Uptown, because I used to live around there, in Dallas. And, right. And uh, you know where P.D. Johnson's used to be? Uh-huh. You know, the old location. Sure. Uh, behind that were all those thrift shops, you know, the cool Like ones. Ahab Bowen? Yeah, I think I might have been at Ahab yeah, Bowen. Yeah, it's now Bowen House. It's a great cocktail bar. Really? They're not a sponsor, but it's a great place. Man, that's cool. Um, I was in there. Don't know why I was in there. Uh, but they're playing synth music, but I've never heard it. And I was like, what? You know, and you know I don't like to talk to people. Right, it but ta- you were moved. It takes me a lot. Like, I was hanging out in the store longer because I was like, I don't know what this is, and this is obviously new because I never heard this, and I finally just go, hey, dude, what is this? And he's like, I know it's good, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, hold on. Looks down and goes, it's that new, it's Daft Punk. But they had a record before. Right, this was their, 2001 was their second record. Yeah, but the other one didn't really do it. Yeah, lot. it had Around the World, but... And I remember the defunct one as well. Right, yeah. And Around the World is the one that, you know, had the Spike Jones video. Right, right. And so, but I, they were very much a niche band. Yeah, so you might have heard of Daft Punk, but... They, that, they, that second record. The second record is where they really blew up because that i mean that had harder better faster stronger that yeah. that later was sampled by kanye yeah so when the guy said daft punk i've heard of them and i was like well i didn't know that they were like this but so you thought they were stupid no i didn't think that. i i, I kind of liked daft punk like the the around the world thing and the other thing it was good but i didn't own those i didn't own that stuff Right, and it wasn't super synthy. It was, yeah, know, it was, uh, yeah, it was a different vibe than than what they ended up doing on Discovery. I really like this record, so I'm gonna play. If we're playing synth stuff, this is my slightly newer synth stuff, even though it was 20 years ago. <laughs> Did, um, Brand new, yeah, from 2001. <laughs> Late review, uh, but Digital Love was a really cool song from that. And so I'm going to play it. I wasn't going to play Get Lucky or any of that other stuff. No. So you got to play this, right? I love it. Do you love it? I love it. All right, let's play Digital Love by Daft Punk. 
So it's good, right? Um, Love it. You know, and of course, like you were saying before, we've around the world. That was a that was a big tune. When was that? You said ninety seven. Yeah. Yeah, it was big. But, but by two thousand one, people had forgotten about it. Yeah, they totally forgot the Daft Punk thing, and then after this record, they totally exploded. Yeah. Um, this is that you know. Uh, muting those frequencies and doing all the stuff that Tame Impala did later on and all that, they they kind of did all this way ahead of time. Yeah. Like in the mix and stuff to make things stick out. And I think Daft Punk, as far as the synth thing, was a pretty big influence, Dave. I will tell you, one of the best live experiences I've ever had in my life was uh, Daft Punk at Lollapalooza in 2007. That's pretty cool. Where was that? In, in Chicago, Lollapalooza. Oh, yeah. They they were the headliner, and so is they, that just in Chicago now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's, it's not a touring thing. Yeah, right? no. the The most recent incarnation. I don't know when they restarted it, but it's only in Chicago in the summertime. And uh, yeah, two thousand seven. You know, they did the uh, a live. Uh, compilation like you know concert album Mm -hmm. which i have and it's great and it's basically the show that i saw oh sweet and it was you know their giant pyramid stage Uh uh-huh i remember that one and amazing light show and just you know it it's just a mega mix of all of their hits it's just a non-stop party and it was one of the greatest things i've ever experienced in my life that's awesome so I'm glad you played that. Well, I had to uh, step it up a bit, right? I jumped. Well, you, had, you I, had to jump from 82 to 2001. Yeah, I went uh, 69 to 82 to 2001. And I went from 89 to 89 to, or no, I'm sorry, yeah, 89 to 89 to 88. See, wow. 
You really know how to spread it out. I do. Well, you know, I will be uh, uh, maybe a little bit more... Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll maybe yeah, I'll be more adventurous and maybe branch out from the late '80s on the After Dark. Well, I'm glad you played what you did because when I think of synth music, it really is what you played. Yeah, but and I figured that that is what Melissa wanted to hear. Yeah, I, but we needed to jump around. Yeah, I knew I knew that you would do what you did, the and history. so I and so I I knew that I needed to. Play the hits. Ground us in the hits. Yeah, let's play the hits. I mean, that's what... Come on. That's what we're going to do later. Yeah. We're I'm, just going to play. I'm so excited to play the hits later. <laughs> I'm so excited. But this sure was fun, our walk down synth lane. That's going to be my new name. Dave Synth Lane. Dave Synth Lane. <laughs> What's up, guys? Man... Well, this sure was an easy one. This was, yeah, it was an easy one. It was a fun one. Hopefully it was a good listen for you. And uh, please, again, grant our birthday wish. Tell someone about HTWOW. Force them to listen. And please patronize not only our patron page, but our new sponsor, Good Friend Package. Yeah, go by there. It's great. And they're such nice people. They're so good. They're so nice. They have a great selection of beer and they make kick-ass sandwiches. They have uh, breakfast stuff and then they have not breakfast stuff. They're good and friendly. Uh-huh. They're good friend. Do you like that? Uh-huh. Thanks. Go with that. I know. Well, before we end the podcast, Dave, we have a special request from a, a major uh, HTWOW P1. Mike Ogle, do you do you know? Do you remember Mike? Yeah, yes. We have had discussions with Mike, and he is one of our most ardent supporters. So anything for Mike. And hashtag good dude. Good dude for sure. Good dude, uh, very. Uh, he is a local music supporter in the best way. He is at shows. Do you know what I mean? Right. He, he, he doesn't just talk the talk. He walks the walk. He walks the walk. He's at shows. But his nephew has made a beer. We've had our good friend beers for the episode. But before good friend came along, Mike's uh, nephew really, he sent us these brews to try. And we should try them. Right. So this is uh, Mike's nephew, Ryan. And it's Reagan's Red, which is named after his daughter, Reagan. Do you want me to open it? Yeah. I mean, so this is—is is this a nice gift or what? This is a homemade brew. Yeah, this is a well, it's it's homemade, but it's canned, and it seems like he's uh, trying to, much like we're trying to turn this podcast into something. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's trying to turn this brewing thing into something. Well, let's—I think that the nicest thing for us to do is drink his beer. But he says this is a, a 5.4 ABV uh, Irish Red, I guess. Okay, that's yours. Let's let's toast this to uh, to Reagan. To Reagan, to Mike and his nephew, and to all the uh, HTWOW fans who care enough 
to uh, want us to talk about their beer or talk about the songs that they like or answer their mail or anything. I'm flattered that he wants us to try his brew. Yeah. Let's try it. All right. That's tasty. And it, you know what? It's the carbonation is dead on. Look at that. Yeah, it's got a, a it's got a nice head. It's got really good color. Look at that. It is red, isn't it? And bubbly. 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 Yeah, I it, this isn't this is definitely not like a session beer. No. Like you wouldn't want to drink like a six pack of these. No, this this seems like this is a um you know, this is one of those you would put in a contest. Right. You know, you you hold it up to the light, like I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it has the good color. It's got the froth. It has a nice taste. Congratulations to him. I don't know how long he's been at this, but he's he's doing a nice job. And uh, Ryan, stay at it, bro. What's the name of the beer company? <sighs> it says it at the top, doesn't it? Greyhawk? Greyhawk oh, Brewing. Greyhawk Brewing. So yeah, I don't know if they do any commercial sales or if it's just kind of like a hobby. He might just deliver it to his uncle. But congratulations, Ryan Ogle. You've made a fantastic um, red, Reagan's Red Brew. All right, do you want to play some Devo? Are you ready to play some Devo? Yeah, let's get out of here because yeah. we got some some more drinking and some more partying to do later. Wow. We've gone through uh, three fantastic brews. Thank you, good friend. Thank you, uh, Ryan Ogle, and thank you, Uncle Mike. I will see you at the next show. Let's play some Devo. Are you ready? Hit it. It was great. I love a golf cart. Do you like a golf cart? Uh, golf carts are awesome.